wondering how to fall completely in love with the people and things that surround you at home? I've spent the last 15 years studying how and where families thrive and what relational and house characteristics ignite us with that homey feeling. On this podcast, we uncover how our brains process the people we live with and the houses we live in so we can confidently create our homes to be wonder-filled connection magnets. Ready to give up the decision fatigue, comparison hives, overwhelm ulcers, and confusion chaos? You are in the right place. I'm your host, Carly Thornock. Welcome to Becoming Home. What's up, homies? I'm so glad that you're here with me today, and I'm particularly delighted to be here with Evan and Susan Money, who I feel like are the relationship gurus, the Yodas of the relationship world, but not only because they have a thrilling romance, but also because they just have a thrilling life that they're leading together. I can't wait to introduce you to them. Welcome to the show, Evan and Susan. (laughs) For those of you on the podcast, we just got a big old smooch out of them. So you probably should watch this on the video. (laughs) You don't want to miss that. (laughs) So you guys are Californians at this point, right? Always been. Always been? I didn't realize that. Both of us are California natives. Oh, wonderful. There's no better place. We, I'm from Utah. Right now, we just got five inches of snow. My parents texted me this morning, five inches today. California is a happy place to be. (laughs) That sounds amazing. So you guys, we tell everybody a little bit about how you met and your fun marriage tradition that I feel like is, is phenomenal. (laughs) Well, you mentioned the time frame here. So it's at least 40 minutes for me to get my version, right? The accurate version. (laughs) The accurate version. And the Susan version, the real accurate version of how we met and all of that. But I will let my bride tell how we met because that one's super fun from from her her reality version. Okay, so uh, in high school, I was dating a young man and he was a surfer buddy with this guy. So they kind of go in tribes. And so um, at one point I went on a surf trip with my husband and a group of like 30 people with a church group. And then for my high school prom, I hooked Evan up with a girlfriend of mine and I went with my boyfriend. So we'd actually double dated to my senior prom, just not together. Oh, that's Um, awesome. And I had a pink cummerbund. Come on. Cutie. (laughs) That's right. Then we didn't see each other for like five years. And then we actually ran into each other in a supermarket. And he ended up asking Mike for my number. I'm like, sure, I'll give you my number. And because he had done a lot of growing up and filling out in those five years. And um, he called me the next day and then ended up not asking me out. I asked him out. (laughs) We went out and it turned out it was going to be a courtesy date because he had just made a deal with his mom that he wasn't going to date anybody for six months. And then he comes across me two weeks into this deal. Um, I asked him out. So I was going to be, he was going to go with me once out on movie date and blow me off. And that was going to be it. But (laughs) I had stole his heart. (laughs) And um, after a couple of weeks, we knew that we were going to get married, but I had always told myself I wanted to spend a year with somebody getting to know them, go through all the cycles of life prior to making that commitment. So we got to 11 months (laughs) Um, of dating. And then uh, seven months later, we were married. So that's the really short version. That's a beautiful story. I love that a lot. What would you change, Evan? Do you have any edits? 
well, it was uh, very rocky ground for the first date because what happened was she mentioned, you know, she was nice. Uh, the, the normal term when we went on that surf trip was that I was a scrawny surfer, skater, punk. That was. Uh, <laughs> I have a perfect vision. <laughs> there you go. There you go. And we just had the old album out a couple of days ago and the pictures were out. And I was like, look, there's Daddy. Yeah, that was me. Uh, so uh, with that, five years later, I got into bodybuilding and filled out a lot. And my prefrontal cortex was just about developed. So. Yes, lots of changes there. So, uh, but I was still an egotistical male and, you know, still working through my father issues and self-worth and all that. So I I picked her up at her house and I was not really good at prioritizing my time then. So I said, hey, I need to stop by my apartment, which is on the way. And I'm going to change. And then we're going to go do this. She she didn't know it was a courtesy date, but I'm like, then we're going to go do this, this thing. So if you walk into my apartment, you would see that there were pictures of me all over the place in my different modeling things, you know, with me with my shirt off or me flexing and me doing all this <laughs> stuff. And so I, I bring her in and she goes, oh, so I'm, I'm in my little bedroom changing real quick. And she goes, oh, is this one of those pictures where it's your head on somebody else's body? <laughs> I was like in the other room going, she did not just insult me when I'm providing a courtesy <laughs> date here. Like, this is not happening. Uh, and then she made another remark about my choice of dress. And I re- still remember looking at the front door and I'm calculating in my mind, Carly. I'm going, it's farther to her house to take her home than it is to the movie theater. So, and it'd be kind of awkward driving all that way. I'm like, all right, fine. I'll just go to the movie theater because I don't have to talk to her, right? And just get this thing over with. So the courtesy date almost did not happen. So it was it was on a razor's thin edge. But then again, fell head over heels. She was this amazing, incredible woman. And we were just talking about this the other day, Carly, that one of the things that attracted me to her was that I knew she didn't need me. Mm. And I knew if I didn't, if I didn't propose to her, somebody else would. And so I was like, okay, because in for most males, and I think in a relationship wise, a lot of females that are listening that may have this, you know, we've been dating forever. When's it going to happen? Right. And all this, I think a lot of it is the, the self image on the woman's side, because they're like, Hey, how come this guy's not asking? It's like, well, most males will never ask unless they're forced because why buy the flowers when you get the nectar for free, right? That That's every guy's dream. So again, for me, I knew like, hey, she's a woman of substance and someone else is going to grab her. So I better, I better pick her up. So we are newlyweds. Our last name is Money. That's our real name, but it was name <laughs> for sure. And my bride discovered that once we got married. She's like, don't you have a little? Like, isn't there any? Like, what are <laughs> negatives in the checkbook? And what's going on? And so. Adding code money on top of being, neg- it was not zero, it was below zero. It was like, what? Okay. So That name was, doesn't come with a dowry? Come on. Oh, yes. And so she, we came from different sides of the track. So she came from the side of the track where you get a car at 16 and her parents were great providers and it was all about providing. And so she was used to having things like three meals a day and a full tank of gas. Yeah, a full tank of gas. I still remember my, my biggest crisis when she filled up the gas tank one day and I'm like, what are you doing? Like, that's all our money. Oh. Stop it. 
Um, so that's where we were, but we knew in order for things to change, Carly, that we had to change. In order for things to grow, we had to grow. We found ways to say, man, we got to figure this out. So we figured out ways to go to different kinds of events and seminars that didn't cost any money. Or I was an expert at kind of, here, come to this side door over here and come on over here. So we're at this event. It was like a dream big seminar. That was the theme, Carly. Dream big, 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 big. Mm. And so we're sitting there and my bride gets this vision at this event that she wants to get remarried in a different state or country every year. That was all her. And she's looking at me, starry eyed and like, and I was a pretty big dreamer, but I'm like in shock. I'm just like, oh my gosh, how are we going to do this? Like, I'm just trying to figure out how we're going to afford gas to get home. She wants to get married in a different state or country every year. And I'm just like, the little hair that I had was just like, <laughs> and so, but I knew not to steal her dream and not to be, a, you know, and do that. So I'm nodding on the outside, but on the inside, I'm just like, oh my, what are we going to do? And so I remember my very first mentor through a cassette tape. Remember those, Carly? Cassette oh, indeed. Tape. Okay. And his name, but name of Jim Rohn, actually was blessed to do a film with him. I don't know if you could see the movie poster right there. Yes. Yeah. So uh, he was part of that uh, that film. But he said this. I remember hearing it when I was in my early twenties. Said, "You can either find a way, or you can make an excuse." And I was like, "Ah." So she, my bride brings this on. I'm like, "Okay, I can either find a way, or I can make an excuse." So I said, "You know what? We're going to find a way." Okay, we marry different state or country. We're living in Southern California. You were just here, so you get it, right? We're like, okay, we're about two and a half hours-ish from the border of Mexico. So for this big dream second wedding, my mind is like, Tijuana, Mexico. <laughs> wedding <laughs> destination capital of the world. Yes. It is. Yes, because in my mind, I'm like, okay, we could save enough. I have a year to save enough gas money to afford to get to the border and back. We could buy like a $10 sundress. We could go find a little church somewhere. And that was the biggest I could think. That was like, that was all the possibility I had. And I know God totally has a sense of humor. And I think God honors action. In fact, I know he does. And I agree. Like, so I think he's nudging the angels going, look at this guy. Oh, okay, we got to help him out here. Like, okay. So my mind was Tijuana, Mexico, $10 sundress. And God had different plans. So Basically, within that one year's period of time, Carly, we ended up winning an all-expense-paid trip to Paris, France. I did not know that. That's yes. amazing. And so on our actual anniversary date, our first vow renewal, first wedding renewal was at the Palace of Versailles. Okay. And that's all 720,000 square feet. So that's like as big as like 10 Costco's for those taking it from home. And <laughs> Because I'm from the other side of the tracks, Carly. I didn't even know what Versailles was. It was just on the tour. I'm like, where are we going? What is this place? Oh, it's kind of big. Okay. And I'm looking around going, wow, this is kind of nice. Okay. So that's where our first wedding renewal was. And after that, I was like, okay, God, something's going on. I'm going to listen to you instead of me. I and surrender. Yes, yes. And he was like, I, I did that. And then I took it back, right? Like, oh, sure, yeah. <laughs> I just did this for a long time. But God has shown some amazing ways and amazing things. And we've gotten creative along the way because for the first five, I don't know, five, six, seven, eight, nine years, there was zero budget, no budget, right? And so we just got creative. And we worked with friends and did all these different things. And then once we finally had money, it was really exciting. We're like, we can actually <laughs> go places. Like, 
well, we could actually do this. What about this? What about this? So it's been super cool. And for those that are listening that may have like kind of got, I don't, again, most of your demographic is female, but I know, you know, the, the wife's grabbing the husband. Listen, I'm always, what's he doing? <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. But here's the thing. It's not about the destination and the details. Like, okay, where have you been? And you've been over here. You've been around the world. You've been to Dubai. And you've been to Bali. And you've been, uh, you know, in Australia and all these awesome places. But it's not about the destination and the details. It's about the dedication and the devotion. Mm. That's the real value. Because, again, we've had some high-end, top-end, top-of-the-world incredible experiences. And we've had some, hey, just us in a country church with a little youth pastor, right? And we've had everything in between. And the magic is always there. And going back to what you, you talked about in the, the preface, the, the premise of the show is that we realize, like, hey, what this allows us to do is it keeps us as one of two states, Carly. So it's not the destination. We're not destination disease. It's not, oh, you know, we got a, another wedding, another year. Everything's going to be great automatically. It's like, no, there's a lot of space in between. But on that in-between space, it's we're in one of two states. We're either in a post-honeymoon bliff. I love those. Uh, <laughs> or we are in a pre-excitement of like, oh, okay, it's anticipation. Like, oh, it's coming up. It's coming up. It's coming up. I remember an old-fashioned icon. I want to remember her name. Uh, she's like in her 80s or 90s. She wears these giant glasses and got this cool hair. And she mentioned that for the for the gals, the the most fun for the big evening, all the fun is had in the anticipation. You know, once you actually get dressed, all the all the all the great time is getting dressed, and then once you leave and get in the car, it all go it all goes downhill from there. <laughs> the best part is the anticipation and getting excited and getting dressed and kind of the ooh. That's the real fun because after the, after once reality hits, you get out the door. It's like oh okay, we're yeah. Going back. It's because of the high heel shoes. Yes, <laughs> that's right. Because you put on your shoes and you know so we, we have that. Yeah, we're either post honeymoon bliss or this anticipation of oh, I can't wait to go. It's going to be so fun. And so we're in that right now. We're getting ready for London. Wedding number thirty is in London. And we're like, okay, let's get a cool little outfit. She just picked out her dress and we're super excited and we're Googling the park we're going to get married at and a friend's going to marry us. And so we're in this, ooh. So it's not the destination, it's the states that it puts us in. And so when we're in that state, I'm not bothered by whatever she is or isn't doing that I think she should be doing. Mm -hmm. Or I'm not triggered. Mm -hmm. Oh, she said that. What does she mean by that? Or whatever. That just, that stuff flies right by when I'm in a different state. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like as parents, right? Like my teens are experts at getting me out of a post-honeymoon bliss with some of the stuff that they do. And it's like, what are you doing? But that's part of life, right? That's part of the humanality. But that's, again, long-winded answer, short question of, you know, how we met and where these uh, 30 weddings and honeymoons have come from. I love it. So do you do a honeymoon in that place where you got married? Of course. Here? And that's we continue. Great. And we continue the honeymoon. So it doesn't Great. end. It doesn't the never end. ending oh. honeymoon. I yeah. love it. So this season of the podcast is all about brilliant humanity. And within the home, that looks like a lot of messes. And it also looks like what we might call frustrations or like things that might bother us a little bit. So I want to ask you guys, like, what are the things that maybe frustrated you at the time, but when you look back on throughout your relationship together, you feel really fond feelings about. 
Mm. Well, before my bride answers, you mentioned brilliant humanity. So we must champion the most brilliant human in the room. And that is you, Carly. So I want to edify you and the brilliant (laughs) pearls that you brought today. This is how I see you as a brilliant human is you're a mix of Stacey London, Marie Kondo, and Joanna Gaines, all mixed into this beautiful curly girl package. And so first, again, just have to identify that brilliant humanity side. So I'll let well, my thank bride... You. True, all true. So I'll I let my that. bride answer that incredible question of, and I want to make sure I'm clear. So what bothered us before, but we look back now with fond memories, Is that is that accurate? Yeah, what's this part of humanity that when you're in the moment of it, it feels messy. It's like the thorns of the rose bush. But when you can back up a little bit, give yourself some space, often that comes with time. You see the rose, you see the bloom, you see the bush. Well, for me, I, I'm i going to focus on the home because I love being at home. I like to go out, but I love to come home and have things clean and in order. And I am a detail person and I like to have everything in its place. And so that's actually been an ongoing struggle for me, especially having children. And I have a messy 19-year-old son who loves working on projects and leaving his projects everywhere and little bits and pieces of metal and tools and (laughs) rubber bands. I don't know what it is with rubber bands (laughs) and zip ties. Okay. So I love having things in order and having just everything in its place. But I have come to understand that having everything in its place, that would be a very sterile and static place to be in. There's nothing happening. Like when my son, he went to Florida over the summer after he graduated from high school and he was gone for five months and our house was in order and there wasn't food bits all over the floor. And it was so quiet. And it was so quiet. (laughs) But then I missed I was like, you know what, a little bit of chaos would be good. And so it just it it changed how I saw things because where there is no oxen, the trough is clean. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Mm-hmm. And um where there is no family, the house is clean. <laughs> wow, yeah. We listen to a lot of podcasts and uh like reading things on Facebook and listening to audiobooks and stuff. And I don't know, recently in the last couple of weeks, I came across a quote and it really resonated with me. It's my house is not a museum. It's a tool. And so for me, that really helped me a lot. It's like, it doesn't need to look perfect because if it looks perfect, that means that there's nobody there. There's nothing happening, but it's a tool and tools are messy and they get dinged up and Um, They get left laying around. And so that has really helped me. And I would love to attribute that quote to somebody, but I don't know where I Mm -hmm. came across it. But just this concept of not having everything in order and not having everything perfect. Because if it was, then there would be nothing happening and no people in it. So you got to embrace the messy tool. I love that. That's a great analogy because if we think about our garden tools or any other tool that you use for anything, the purpose is to be used and to be dirtied up and cleaned again. And you would never say, oh, that's such a beautiful shovel hanging there in your garage. Like, wow, I'm so glad you kept it pristine so we can see it in its full glory. Like any shovel is full glory is in the mud doing stuff. And actually, just a funny little thing. I just had my birthday and my dad is the king of tools and he loves giving tools to my son and I. And Mm -hmm. so 
In my living room right now, there sits a brand spanking new 65 pound anvil on my coffee table, um, as well as like a, a 17 piece hacksaw set and a, a bag a of zip ties and, <laughs> and a bag of zip ties. Got the new level that has a magnet on it. I'm like, okay, those are handy. Yeah, dad, wow. Yeah, so my dad was giving me, and I'm like, you're talking about this pristine tool. So I have a pristine tool sitting on my dining room t- or on our in our living room right now. I just don't really know what to do with it. I don't know what to do with it. <laughs> yeah, it was hilarious because he, he came over to surprise my bride on her birthday and he's like, hey, come go get this out of the trunk for me. And there's an anvil. <laughs> an anvil. <laughs> like, an anvil. So we like muscle it over to the garage and then he says, hey, bring it in the house. I want to see it. It was better than a sitcom, right? So you've got... Lugging anyway, so yeah, she. So he gave it to me because I take silver spoons and forks and I I I cut them and I manipulate them and bend them and I turn them into rings. So this is a a new hobby that I've been doing, and so my dad is trying to set me up for success by giving me all these tools. But I really just want to go over to his house and use all of his tools (laughs) (laughs) because they all work and they're all set up already. But anyway, so now I have an answer. So now you have a a paperweight. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Yeah. What's coming up for me, and I'll speak into what my bride said, and, and again, brilliant questions, Carly. So good. Such great questions. Uh, quick tip for those listening. If you want a better life, you need to ask better questions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So for the ladies that are listening, there's a pressing need to ask better questions in your life. So a disempowering question is, why do I feel so lousy? Why isn't this working? What's you know What's wrong with this? Why? Those are disempowering questions. So the key is to ask better questions. Mm-hmm. So, and part of that comes to my answer to your question, Carly, is whatever you focus on, you feel. Mm-hmm. So you talked about what thing bugged you and all this. Whatever you focus on, you feel. So I can focus on and lament that, oh, man, if these rose, the, man, these beautiful rose bushes and how all these thorns and they hurt and ah, or I can be thankful that thorn bushes have these beautiful roses. Right. So whatever mm. you focus on, that's what you're going to feel. And so it's all about the intention and where, again, where you're putting your focus and what's going on. And so my thing is really just about processing and calibrating and saying, hey, I need what's a better question I can ask here? How can I reprocess this? What what's going to make sense here? Mm. And so when I ask myself better questions, then I'm able to get out of these states. And you talk about a lot of times it's time and distance. It's really just about a, what are you focusing on and asking a better question. So Intention. Totally. Yeah, yeah. So while this, this thing is happening with her dad, I'm just like, I mean, it's like, okay, well, let's look at this. How can I be present and speak into his life because his health isn't the best. He's not in the great spot. He's, you know, chronic pain, addicted to painkillers. And it's like, this could, this actually could be the last time he ever comes over to our house. So how can I make this a better experience for him? How understanding his love language is gifts, you know, just what every, you know, uh, just what every midlife, uh, you can say 51. Yes. Well, every 51-year-old woman needs is an anvil. Yeah, perfect, right? Like, are you kidding me? But it's like, okay, that's him doing his best to speak his love language. So how can I sit with that, appreciate that, and be able to tell a fun story about it instead of, oh, my gosh, absolutely, this is this guy. What are we going to do with this stupid anvil? Right? Like, that's not empowering. It doesn't help anything. 
right? That, that just brings pain and problems. So how can I bring joy and peace and harmony and saying, wow, what's funny about this? Oh, we're going to have a great story for Cardi's podcast. And every morning we come out and there's this anvil. You know what I mean? <laughs> So I was actually doing a sound bath because not only did we get an anvil, but we got a 12-piece ball-peen hammer set. Again, just what every person needs. Well, you need the hammers to make the ring. Yeah. So totally. But, I'm jealous. But, I'm but, personally yeah. jealous. Okay. The rancher in me is like, wow. We, we, can, we can send <laughs> nine of them to you. So I'm, 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 I'm tinging the, the anvil, and it sounds like this little sound bath sound. Go- yes. It's like, <laughs> So again, that's what I'm focusing on. The kids were laughing and having fun. And I'm just like, okay, this is working, right? This, this is benefiting. So that's just, uh, uh, again, it's just looking at things a different way to bring the result that you want, rather than this doom loop of, you know, disempowering questions. I wrote that down. I love that you call you call it a doom loop. What I refer to as a shame spiral, just this mindset that's not getting you anywhere and perpetuating a downward spiral of emotions and therefore results. Yes. I love that you say that. That's one of my favorites. The other one that you said today is destination disease. I think that's so good. That's great. Okay, so we're married to real people. We have real people as in-laws. We have real people as children. And real people come with real messes, pros and cons, ins and outs. It's what makes a beautiful story, right? And that's what you were teaching us just barely right now. So what's it like being married to a real human? And I would say that you guys live a big dream life. You're you're doing cool adventures and living, really living. But sometimes we confuse real life with perfection. We think like, oh, well, one day when he changes all of his problems and I change all of my problems and our family is perfect, then we can do fun things or fall in love or whatever. But we're all just married to real humans. So how do you marry those two? I'll let Evan answer that because he has a whole if then. <laughs> yes. Oh, we got a lot, lot to unpack with that. Oh, good. Oh, good. Yeah. Um, so a first start is that most people, and this is something I think that will help you in your business. And when talking with helping people Jedi their homes and being a home Jedi, is we subconsciously. Well, uh, we'll really unpack this. So we're going all the way here. Get, but, here we right, go. Yeah, get ready. Okay. So ladies, if you're listening and you want to eradicate the pain and problems in your life, turn up the volume, sit down, get a pen and paper, and, and let's go here. So here's how it starts. We, we have two um, states or basically two ways of being. We have our human nature, which is fear, shame, lack, guilt, all of that, right? That's our human nature, right? Our divine nature is just the opposite. Our divine nature, we're in the flow. Our divine nature, we have joy. Our divine nature, we're abundant. We're just like, hey, come over to the house, Carl. I've got 20 hammers. You can have as many as you want. I've got an abundance, right? So, but our human nature, right, is our default. And that is be that's just the way God created us. That's one of those, you know, when I get to heaven, I'm gonna have this list of questions for God. And of course, when we get there, we realize it's not gonna matter. But Our human nature is our default. You've done a lot of driving, right? You've been in traffic, right? Like traffic jam. What are they doing? Oh, we're looking at the other side of the road because some guy's changing his tire or some guy got in an accident, other side of the road. Why is everyone stopping and looking? Again, that's our human nature to say, oh, what's going on? Do I have to fight or flight? Am I going to have to uh, protect myself? What am I going to have to do? It's just nature, right? It's It's just how the human nature works. So our human nature is to always stay static, 
Carly, to not change. Mm. It's, I don't want, and if you look at uh, hindsight, right? You look at some of the things that, well, let's put it this way. You look at the things that everyone else is doing that annoys you, right? It's coming from a state of them not wanting to change, okay? Because we would never do that. It's everyone else that has the problem, right? Oh, definitely. Yes, yes. So all those other people are rooted in not wanting to change. And it's, well, why is that? Well, because in order to change, all change looks like loss to us. And in reality, all change is lost because you're losing something. Mm -hmm. Something is being lost. An old mindset is being lost. You're getting rid of something, right? So, but what's the biggest driver for us in human nature? Fear, right? Fear of loss. Oh, well, fear of loss. That's painful. I don't want to do that. And at our core, we will always avoid pain, no matter what. So you look at our dumbest mistakes that we've ever done. We're like, why did I do that? Well, we're trying to avoid pain, right? I I haven't had this conversation with this person that I need to have this with. And it's been six months because I'm trying to avoid pain and I'm trying to spare them, but I'm really trying to avoid the pain, right? So whatever we label as pain, consciously and subconsciously, we won't do, right? So all the ladies are wondering like, why can't I stay on a fitness regimen? Well, because you label it as painful. Working out is not painful. It's just effort. But if you label it as painful subconsciously, you're not going to do it, okay? So we're rooted in not changing. We're rooted in static thinking, this default to static, right? Because static is not changing, right? And dynamic is moving. So my Mm -hmm. bride and I, we do not have a static marriage. We have a dynamic marriage, Mm -hmm. okay? To, to To your point, being a home Jedi is understanding this home is dynamic. It is not static. Hey, I painted the wall. I set this. Everything's going to be great. Well, no, someone's going to come walk through. <laughs> someone's going someone's to gonna come bring you an anvil. <laughs> yes. yes, it is dynamic. And so it's not an either or to one of your emails you just put out recently. It's a yes and. It's a yes, yes and. Mm-hmm. So, uh, again, it goes back to the, you know, lamenting about the rose bush. Or you, you talked about the, the shovel, right? Like for me, I'm a car guy. I have a full car collection. I'm catching up with Jay Leno. Uh, here I come. Yes. Um, We actually have cars in our garage, which is a rare thing. And then I've got cars on the streets, my car covers and all my different cars. But the worst thing you could ever do to me is like I go to these different car museums and I cry because it's like the car never goes outside. It's just sitting there. And a lot of these museums, they take the engines out of the car so they can have it in the museum so it doesn't get oil all over the floor. And it's like, but that defeats the purpose, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. But... We've all been there. My brother and I still love going to model homes that are staged. Like the oh, nice I do too. Presents. And it's just oh, like, yeah. there's no clutter. There's no wires. Everything <laughs> there's no dust. Yeah, there's, there's no, no dust. Fire. The kitchen is like, right? we did this tour because they just built, we're in a very unique uh, high-end area, which is wonderful. But there is very little uh, new construction. But there was this last plot of land that they finally turned into this amazing, like, three to $5 million plus um, uh, home track. So there's about 30 homes. And again, it, it's just, again, it's not about bragging. It's just about reality, right? Like it's just take your house, wherever you live, you want to come to California, add two zeros or three zeros. And it's the same house, right? It's the same thing, right? Just put it in Texas, it's 300 grand, put it in California, it's 3 million, same house, okay? So with that, we're touring these homes and I am just, this is like the dream, right? Like, 
on the stage. Tom, it's awesome. It's perfect because there's that that staticness of like, oh, if I was just here, everything like, and then when we start thinking about it, like, why are we so enamored with the bathroom? Well, there's no toilet paper on the thing. There's no towels on the thing. It was just, oh, my bathroom doesn't look like this. Well, because we use it, right? Because we paid $3 million so we could flush our toilet. Yes, <laughs> so yes. we can look at it. So, so again, going back to the car thing, right? The purpose of the car is to be used. So I take care of all my cars. My car guy just texted me. Hey, you want me to come wash them or wait till after the rain? Yeah, I come in a, in a couple of days. So to my, you know, we, I love having my pristine, clean, amazing cars. But hey, part of the deal is I'm driving them. They're going to get dirty again. And that's the point. I'm going to wash it again instead of lament like, oh my gosh, my car's great, right? Because they're tools. They're yes, not exactly, exactly. So mm. all, all of that shifts in this, this mindset of rooted and static. If, if you look at all that where your challenges come from, it's a static issue. It's mm. all about, I don't want to change. And it's like, well, that's, again, and I'm not changing out of fear, right? And fear-based decisions always lead to pain and problems. So that's one to remember. A fear-based decision always leads to pain and problems. And then it's figuring out, well, why am I afraid of this? Well, I'm afraid of this because I labeled it as painful because it's changed. <laughs> it's not like you've heard this term before, Carly. Some people are like, oh, no, I have a fear of success. There's no, You're not afraid of success. You're just afraid of change. Yeah. Because of well, what you labeled it, right? And so it's just about mm-hmm. getting that clarity of like, hey, it's not static. It's dynamic. And it's not a uh, destination or an event. Like people go, oh, it's easy for you guys. You get remarried every year. Well, there's, again, there's 364 other days. So <laughs> it's a lifestyle, right? It's a lifestyle versus an event. So that's what we talk yes. about. The forever honeymoons. It's a lifestyle, not an event. Oh, you know, once I get Carly over to my house and to get it all set, then everything's going to be great. No, that's an event, right? Right. How do I create this home Jedi lifestyle? Like you talk about on your email, right? Creating this lifestyle of, hey, I love this space. I love to use it. And the only, for those that have horses, the only clean horse trough, right, is when there's no horse. So it's like, hey, maybe if you come by my stables, I'll have one empty horse trough just to look cool. Right? Yeah. yeah, well, a horse stable just to look cool. And I have all the stuff hanging there and it's all shiny and clean and beautiful. And then we'll go to the stables where my horses actually are. They're all good, <laughs> right? So, but you can do that in the home, right? Like you can have, like, we, we as we shifted, we came to these areas of like, okay, you're not allowed to eat in these areas, right? You can eat here, but not here. And this space is for this. And this is for over here. We had a flashback recently for whatever reason, Carly, I think I was reading subconsciously read one of your emails and it carried over. But there was a family uh, that was mentioning like, oh, my son's birthday's coming up. I want to do a surprise birthday party. I've never been able to surprise my son. He always figures it out. And just out of the blue, I said, oh, you can have the party at our house. And I've never done that before. No, I was like, like, what? I'm like, what is this? Yeah, we we live kind of in a secluded area on purpose. Like, we don't want people coming. That's a good invitation. Yeah. So my bride looked at me like, are you crazy? I'm like, why not? Right. So we had this party at our house and I didn't realize they were going to bring young kids over. And all of a sudden we've got these young kids like doing like you're like, like just where you are right jumping off the furniture bouncing on the thing and i'm like 
they don't realize that's our adult furniture and we're we're, we're past that's not how we stage. use it anymore I we don't do that not allowed to eat on these couches yeah. and they're sitting there with their plate of nachos i'm like do you know that my kids <laughs> are not even allowed to take the food into the same room and you're sitting there with it on i was like okay okay uh, well, <laughs> we're, we're hosting yeah so it was just, it was just fun to watch because it was different because it wasn't my kids right so it was right. like oh, yeah totally but just this understanding of this this dynaism of the home and it's like yep this is a sacred area but you know what i invited these people over we're going to do the host and we're going to do the host thing and we can clean it up and so yeah all that to say is just embracing living a dynamic lifestyle Mm -hmm. versus clinging to static and to my bride's point what you mentioned about the change part about the other person right so I call that the if-then cycle or the if-then do loop, right? You hear it all the time. Well, if she would just do this and this and oh, this, yeah. then I would be a more responsive husband and da-da-da. If she would just do this and this. Or if he would just clean up around the house, I'd be right. more responsive in the bedroom, right? And that's just a doom loop of pain and problems. Because in order for things to change, you have to change. And it, it's all about you because the only person you can control is you. Say it again for those in back. (laughs) The only thing we can control is our actions and our attitudes. Yeah. Okay. What can I can control? I can control my response versus a reaction. I can control like, hey, I'm going to do tribute over here. But this if then doom loop, that's why the divorce rate in Southern California is 75% and 50 plus percent Mm -hmm. over the rest of the country. In fact, the divorce rate is higher in the church than it is outside the church. Because churchy people love to play the if-then game. And it's like, okay, that's just going to give you pain and problems in a doom loop. But if you want to get out of that and say, hmm, how can I take responsibility and say, you know what, what can I can control? What do I need to work on? You know, as, as far as home Jedis go, right? Like, I'll, I'll tell you the biggest room in our house, just so you can get an idea of how we live and where we live. The biggest room in our house, Carly, for me, is the room for improvement. And mm. what home I move into, no matter the next dream home, you know, the 5,000 square foot fully staged, no mess, no wires, right? The biggest room in that house is always going to be the room for improvement for me. And that's always going to be there. So I don't have time to look at rooms for improvement for her because I'm, I got a lifetime worth of me. <laughs> yeah. The beam in our own eye. Oh, yes. Yes. Totally. A lot of um, faithful, wonderful couples that I speak with talk about how they feel like it's wrong to be separate in that way from their spouse. And I was wondering if you could speak a little bit to that, where you were saying, if we take control over what we can control and take control of our room for improvement, how is that not abandoning our spouse? How can we have a relationship, but not have a relationship? Yeah. If you could speak to that, that'd be great. Ooh, well, my brother will give you the best answer, but my short one is, so with, uh, with our book that we co-wrote my, my bride, I'm, I was just there to be the filler and her insights are what, what the real value is. And so that's, that's happily ever after uh, you can find that on Amazon or wherever. I'm sure you, you'll put a link in there, but there's a chapter I talk about the Moana marriage. And I know you're kind of in that stage with the kids. Right. And so mm-hmm. people fall into this Moana stage where they 
for those that haven't seen the movie, remember the movie. There's there's some parents who are like, no, Moana again. It's been <laughs> but the classic, right? If if you look at the cry of Moana, she would always tell Maui, "You will board my boat and take me to the Isle of Tafiti or whatever." Right. Mm-hmm. And it was always like, okay, you're going to do this and all this. And so in, I call this Moana marriage because so many people think, hey, when we get married, we're going to be this bicycle built for two. We're going to be this tandem bicycle. Oh, no. Or, and, yeah. We have a tandem bicycle story. Or we're going <laughs> to, or yeah, you're going to leave your boat and then we're going to be this one boat, this single boat together, right? And it's like, well, you're two different human beings, right? There is no tandem bike, it's your two bikes. And you can decide, hey, are we going to ride mm. together or are we going to pull apart, right? Uh, and, you know, you're an adventurer. You've been to uh, many places, Kai. So you've been in a kayak, I'm sure, or a oh, yeah. canoe, right? Sure. Or for those water park people, a lazy river, you know, where you're in the water. <laughs> right? Oh, yes, definitely. That. Okay. okay. So the lazy river is a perfect analogy for marriage, right? Husband and wife starting like, <gasps> Let's get in the lazy river together on our little rafts and we'll we'll mosey down together, right? And you get in your little raft, she gets in her raft, right? The little uh the dual one? No, no, the single, oh, the single one. one. Yeah. Okay. And they're like, we'll hold hands and go down the lazy river. It'll be great. And and everybody, everybody gets on, and within two seconds, you turn around and they're gone. They're like, what 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 happened? Right? Where, where'd they go? Right? Because there's a drift when it comes to a marriage. So in Southern California, that drift is about 75%, right? The drift is just naturally pulling you apart, just like at a lazy river, just like on a canoe or those that do stand-up paddle boarding, right? We're going to paddle together. It'll be awesome. So you have to be intentional about saying, hey, how do we, to answer your question, Carly, how do we paddle together? Because Mm -hmm. we're 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 not one boat. We're two separate boats. We got to decide to be in harmony, paddling together. And for example, different seasons require different harmonies and different notes. So after we had baby number two, it was like, whoa, okay, things have to shift here. I had to slow my paddle down because I realized my bride is swamped and overwhelmed just taking care of two. And so, Mm -hmm. hey, we got to change some things and work some things. And so it's all about, there's no such thing as balance. That's for uh, the biggest lie of the world. Right? I don't know. I got a balanced life and a balanced home. There's no balance. There's only harmony. static. That's a static yeah, thing, right? That is, yeah. That's a static mindset. No balance. There's only harmony. And you are the composer and you're the conductor. So you get to write. Okay. That's what the, that's what the composer does. He writes the notes. And what's so cool about this podcast and you're interviewing us, it is now 2023, right? And we're at basically 5,000 years of recorded history. So in those 5,000 years of recorded history, there has been no new notes discovered. Oh, musical notes. Musical notes, right? Interesting, it's the yeah. same notes, right? This, the Psalms of David and, and play, yeah, there's 12 major notes, right? And that's it. The same notes that David was playing in the Psalms are the same notes we're playing today. And yet in those 5,000 years, every second of every day, new music is being created. Hmm. It's unlimited, hmm. right? And so we can structure those notes wherever we want to do. And the key is getting each other on the same page and saying, hey, like a symphony, I, we, we did, here's a fun one. When we were at your stage, Carly, we took the kids to the Philharmonics Symphony. Ooh. Yes, and we said, Daring. Let's, let's see if we can last intermission. 
Let's <laughs> <laughs> wow. yeah, let's get the intermission. We had some Disney songs on the dock, and we're like, yeah, we'll get the intermission. It'll be great. And I saw all these separate instruments, and they were all totally like no rhyme or reason, right? There's like six violinists and one tuba. There's two of these and, and eight of those. And so there was there's never a balance of the numbers of instruments. The sounds were unbalanced, right? Mm-hmm. And there was total chaos in the warm-ups, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, how is this going to work? But the second everybody got on the same page of music. The maestro. Yes, you have the harmony. And so we get to write the notes and be the composer. We also get to be the conductor. An old business partner, Elijah, taught me this one. Great guy. He said, if you notice when the conductor goes up, you know, to wave the wand and lead everybody, he turns his back to the audience. Mm. And so that's what you do in your life, Carly. You're not trying to do what everyone else is doing. You know, people are like, whoa, she's living the nomad lifestyle. She's got the trainer going around having the happy. Like, you know, like, you got to turn your back to the world and say, this is the music that we're doing for my family at this time. And guess what? Sometimes we got to go higher. Sometimes we got to go lower. And all this stuff's happening. And so it's just creating that harmony. So, again, you talk about how do you stay separate and stay together? It's how do we row together? How do we get in harmony? How do we ride purposely ride our bikes together? My bride and I had one, uh, which I'll let her share, a tandem bike experience in uh, San Francisco and that was the closest to death I've ever been. Riding a tandem bike the first year that we were married, it was it was just oh, it was not a great idea. So everything was fine as long as Evan was in the front seat, as he was the, the lead bicyclist. And I was in the back because he outweighs me by about 50 or 60 pounds. And so and he's a lot stronger and his balance is different than mine. So we were totally fine as long as he was the head of the family, as he was the head of the bicycle. But then I'm like, hey, let's switch places. Let me drive. And that did not go well at all. It was just like I could not keep the balance. I I, I was totally off like kilter. And he was like freaking out behind me. And he's like, okay, this is not working. And I think that that was actually perfect on real-time processing here that God made the man the head of the home for a reason. And when we got married, we agreed that we agreed that if ever it came down to making a decision and we disagreed, wholeheartedly disagreed about something, that I was to concede my one percent, I was going to give him my one percent, and he had 51% and I had 49% in making that decision. And so Evan, knowing that he had the last, he was the one to make the final decision. He took that very seriously and he only has actually said, you know, we're going to do it this way a few times because he really values me in my opinion. So he consults with me. He really considers what I feel and we pray about it and we consult others who have gone through similar scenarios and we do the decision together. But in the end, I will submit to him in his 1% and say, you know what, you need to make the decision. And so when I got on the front of that bike and tried to do it myself that did not work well did not work well mm. though. So if you want a picture for those old school movie fans picture the rock uh that movie with sean connery or picture ant-man as they're doing these jumps and crazy things in san francisco right so we're going down <laughs> lombard street on one wheel and i'm like <laughs> i'm like get a grip yes and we see you <laughs> right before we fall in the water <laughs> i'm just like oh my gosh 
So that was <laughs> how much she was freaking out. That's so funny. She's perfectly safe back there. You did a great job. <laughs> but anyway, and then I just wanted to address the whole canoeing thing. Like um, we are separate going down the river. We are separate canoes and the world wants to take us. The tide wants to take us. The current wants to take us in all these different directions. And we have to be very intentional. Oh, my hands are up here. You can see. We have to be very intentional to stay side by side. And what that looks like in real life is that like Evan is an avid reader. He's always reading. He's always wanting to grow. He's always wanting to learn. And I'm less into the growing books and more into the uh, fiction, historical mm-hmm. fiction. So mm. I decided, well, I don't want Evan to grow without me because I don't want his canoe to get way ahead. And then I'd be like, hey, I'm still, I'm back here. Wait for me. I didn't want him to wait for me. I wanted to paddle faster so that I could keep up with him. And so he reads a book. And if he feels that it's something really important um, or that I'm going to get a lot out of it, then he'll hand it to me and he'll say, here, you know, read the highlights. If you don't have the time to or you don't want to make the time to read the whole book, just read my highlights or where I've dog-eared the corners or at the dinner table. He's Since he's always reading, then at dinner time, he'll share with me or my the whole family, whoever's at the dinner table, what he's learned that day. And then I can grow along with him so that I'm paddling and I'm able to keep up with him. And so that was a conscious choice. I, I sometimes I want to go to bed at 1030 and I haven't read or, you know, it's like I don't feel like reading right now, but I'm going to read a good at least five minutes and get something, then I I can do that. That's a choice that I make. And I want to keep up with him. Yeah. Mm, That's beautiful. That's beautiful. You guys are inspiring. One final question for you. If you could pick a favorite prop, a home prop, or just any physical entity around your house, could be your cars. I just don't want to like disregard your cars. Okay. But, um, to show your to show your love to one another, what's your favorite thing to use in in the physical mm. world to show your emotional love? Mm. For me to show my love to him, yeah, I would have to say they're my hands actually, because mm. we read the five love languages early on in our marriage, and it 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 changed everything. It changed everything. So we really recommend the five love languages by Dr. Gary Chapman because he's a physical touch. So for him. To feel love, I need to touch him mm. and do. And he's very nice and he's muscular and he wears nice soft shirts and stuff. And he's got a smooth head right now because he just shaved it. So I enjoy touching my husband. He is something, somebody I want to touch, but I don't always feel like touching him. But I know sometimes he really just needs me to sit next to him and to mm. give him love. And so for me to take my hands and put them on him and Fill his love tank, so to say, that is the most fulfilling thing that I can do for him. So I'd have to I say it. because it works. And if he's having a not great day and I just come along and I go like this, it changes everything for him. That's <laughs> like, so yeah. beautiful. He's like the kitty. And are you wearing one of your rings? I am. I am actually. Let's I'm see it. One, the original one that my dad made. I don't know if you can see. Oh, it's beautiful. Oh, I don't know if you can see. Yeah, yeah. totally. Okay. So um, we might have to send you one. Yes. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> They're so beautiful. That anvil is going to be put to good use. <laughs> you know what your ring you size, Carly? You know what? your ring size? Oh, my ring size? I'll measure okay. it. I'll let you know. Okay. Everybody, these rings know. are beautiful. 
Okay, otherwise you get a five. So between <laughs> five and seven. So she's gonna start crafting. That sounds amazing. What would you I, say your favorite prop is, Evan? Yeah, my short short answer is if you come into our living room or basically any room in the house after twenty nine weddings, we have a lot of pictures. And our favorite app is called Snapper because you mm. can go on this app and you can book a photographer anywhere around the world or in any state. Right. So if you guys are on your way back to Corpus, you could go on Snapper and say, yeah, I want a photographer to come from this time for this time. Yep. And you guys can do the, hey, kids, get all dressed up for two seconds. Okay. Now take it all off. Now go in the mud and get mud pictures. And so we've leveraged that, but we have a lot of pictures. And that is basically our decor of these wedding pictures and all these different weddings. So it tells the story. And so we can visually see it. And it's just like, Oh yeah, because I, I I jokingly, but it's true for most other people that don't get married every year in a different state or country, is the state of your wedding is the state of your uh, of your wedding book, your photo album, your photo album, right? Like most people, it's dusty, it's dirty. Oh yeah, I remember that. Or they don't even know where it is. Yeah, they don't even know where it is. It's like well, that's telling. Okay, so our thing is like we've got pictures from every wedding all over the world, all over the house. And you go like on your way to the bathroom, there's a little thing with a little nook. And it's like, oh, what's that a picture of? Oh, that's Evan and Susan getting married somewhere. Okay. <laughs> so it's these daily minders and treasures that help keep it dynamic versus this uh, static thing. So we even still have our wedding, our first wedding. What do you call the picture where people sign? I don't even know if they do that anymore. Like a oh, guest book almost. Our engagement, photo. Our engagement oh. photo. We never sign our engagement photo. Ooh, Ooh, that's, that's still on the wall in the house. And Aww. so, yeah. And it's just like, okay, so it's this lifestyle versus destination, right? This lifestyle of cherishing the relationship, the lifestyle of her always being my bride. And so that would be one. So no matter what home we go to, bigger, better, different homes, whatever, there's always going to be, that's the focal, that's the thing of like, hey, there's always going to be wedding pictures of us all around. I love it. And what a beautiful uh, element to create a home. Like that's the homey feeling people are looking for. They want to feel loved. They want to feel like they belong. And that's something yes. that those pictures sure communicate. How amazing. Well, thanks, you guys, for your time being on here today and all those amazing mic drop moments. I was taking notes. I have a full page. I hope you, everybody oh. listening Ooh. was as well. Okay. That's so fun. You guys can find more about Evan and Susan and their story and pictures of all their weddings. I've looked through all of them and they're so fun. EvanLovesSusan.com. That's fun, where you fun need to be funny. As in, as in funny with me with hair? Is that what you're saying, Carly? <laughs> They're just so fun. Not funny. They're just so fun to see. Do they have pictures? Do you have hair? Did you have hair at one point, Evan? I did. You got to look. Wow. I got yeah, like one through five. One through five. A curly girl himself. And you can also find them at marriageofgreatness.com. So go check all the things out. They have their amazing book, lots of huge lifestyle tips and I want to say like sparks of beauty and joy that you can add in really simply and easily by following these guys. So go check them out. Go make a big mess in your marriage. And what I mean by that, everybody is like, take a chance, ride a tandem bicycle, see what you can do with an anvil, do something creative and crazy and see the humanity in your spouse this week. And we'll talk to you next time. Okay, you guys, so I love talking with Evan and Susan so much that we decided to team up and bring to you 
a retreat, an in-person weekend coming up in fall 2023, where we've titled it Spark the Joy, a marriage and master bedroom revival retreat. I'm so excited. We're going to be spending three days together in Park City, Utah. We're going to be talking about how to make your marriage bomb and how to make your master bedroom beautiful. We're going to design your full master bedroom. I'm going to teach you how to integrate it into your relationship and how to make the the spark that you rekindle because of Evan and Susan come to life and be recirculated by what you put in your master bedroom. This is like the ultimate collision of marital bliss and interior design. And I hope that you can join us. We can only take a few people, a few couples. Spots are limited. We're going really in-depth. It's really intimate. <laughs> I laughed, pun, dad joke, appropriately intimate, but we're going to be going deep and we're going to keep this really small gathering. So if this is something that sounds like is calling to you and speaking to you, sign up and sign up as soon as you can so that you can for sure get a spot. My husband will be teaching about our neurology and how when we can listen to our own bodies, we can listen better to our to ourself. Evan and Susan are going to be talking about how to avoid the drifting apart that happens when we're not intentional. They're also going to tell us about all 30 of their weddings, which I'm really excited to hear about. And I'll be teaching about how to integrate your relationship and your home design, and we'll put together a plan for you. So hope you can join us. You can find details about that at carlythornock.com slash spark the joy, all one word. See you there. Hey, if you're loving what you're hearing and you want to know more, I invite you to go over to carlythornock.com and you can pick up a free guide. These are the three biggest mistakes that people make when setting up their houses. And I don't want you to make the same mistakes. And of course, in true Carly fashion, you know, it's going to be a lot less about the house and a lot more about your perspective about the house, but with some good housey tips thrown in, go over to carlythornock.com and you can pick up that today.